This is Checkpoint XP. Esports and gaming radio. Checkpointxp.com. Imagine with me, if you will, you're sitting at home, you're watching a movie, maybe you're about halfway through, you're really engrossed in what's happening, and suddenly there's a knock at the door. It's the police and an ambulance responding to your house where someone has called a report of a seizure, and it's your son. You have no idea. That's exactly what happened. We're going to explain the link to gaming here on Checkpoint XP. Welcome. My name's Dave Bender. So glad to have you along. Coming up today on Checkpoint XP, Norris got to hang out with Arcade One Up out at CES. We're going to take a listen to that discussion. Plus, we'll break down all the information from the Pokemon Direct Conference. And we've got the 2020 video game draft. Don't worry, we're going to explain all of that coming up today here on Checkpoint XP. But gaming can do a lot of things for us, including save lives. We're not just talking about charity efforts or uh, awesome games done quick or anything like that. We're talking about something as simple as connecting with another human being and being present in a challenging time in a health crisis and having the presence of mind to know what to do in that crisis. Yeah. So the uh, story we're talking about here actually took place uh, over the weekend on January uh, uh, 2nd and uh, Aiden Jackson was uh, playing games online like he does most nights mm-hmm. with his friend uh, D.L. Authority uh, Aiden lives in the UK and Dia actually lives in the United States down in Texas and Aiden had mentioned that he wasn't feeling well and then uh, Dia heard uh, something happen on the other side wasn't sure what it was but Aiden stopped responding she had looked up what the emergency numbers were over in the UK wasn't able to find one but found a non-emergency number was able to give the address of Aiden to them and the paramedic showed up to his house his parents were downstairs as, as you were just saying a minute ago watching TV had no idea anything was going on that their son was upstairs having a seizure and due to the actions of Dia in back in Texas on the other side of the world Aiden was rushed to the hospital stabilized and his life was saved. Potentially saved his life. Yes. His yeah. life was saved by this. I mean, you know, we talk about the incredible power of video games and the ability to connect us with other people. And I think that this is, you know, listen, this kind of pokes a hole in this whole idea that when we're playing video games, we're doing something inherently antisocial. We're no longer in the basement by ourselves, you know, shunning the rest of society. Right. And, and that is a bit of an outdated stereotype. I think most people understand these days that if you're playing nine times out of ten, you're playing online, you're playing against someone else, you're communicating with someone well, else. Well, I think the bigger thing is that I agree that the concept of the loner in his basement playing video games is outdated. However, one stereotype that is very prevalent is the toxicity of those particular players. Yes. And that you're just down there, you know, with a bunch of people who swear up a storm and use racial epithets, and it's basically a a terrible place that nobody wants to participate in and the thing is is that we you know people who are gamers who are immersed in this for the vast majority of our spare time and for us our professional time as well um we know of the powerful impact positively that video games can have on our lives the 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 unifying that video games can bring and most of all the ability to feel like you're a part of a community yes uh in, in places that 
uh, a lot of kids or a lot of people feel like they never had that level of community before. And on on the topic of seizures as well, um, I, I had an ex-girlfriend who had uh, petty mal seizures, absent seizures. Yeah. And, you know, it's not something that if you're downstairs watching TV, you would know. Exactly. It's, it's you know, everybody thinks seizure and they think, you know, the violent shaking and, and the tremors and falling over and all that stuff. But sometimes you could just be sitting there and you just go blank. Yeah. And still and that's a seizure. So there's a the, without this interaction, the worst could have happened. Absolutely. To this kid. I, 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 I you know, hazard to think what could have happened. Yeah. In this situation, had it not been for gaming, had it not been some, uh, you know, for someone on the other end of that Discord chat or that Skype chat that knew to act quickly, yeah. I think that you know, like there's there's a lot of different ways that this story could have ended. It could have ended like, oh, I don't know what to do. Maybe they just left. I I, I don't know. I feel weird about this. But the fact that that uh, Dia acted in the way that she did and and acted with the swiftness that she did really i think plays to aiden's benefit his health benefit overall aiden has had seizures in the past this is his second seizure that he's had but this is enough of a wake-up event to have him schedule an appointment with a doctor which he's reported to uh the the liverpool times that he's now going to be seeing a doctor because of this and i think that that is massively important when we talk about video games and we talk about their place and role within society because again the 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 um you know the 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 tenor of the conversation around this subject is so mucked up with negative sentiment and and all of the negatives associated with video games they make a sediment and you know they they are sedentary sedentary thank you they they desensitize us to violence they desensitize us to violence (laughs) we become more inherently antisocial when we're playing I think that you know it's it's stories like this that shoot a hole in that entire narrative and really deserve to have a spotlight be shown on them all right, now we got to turn our attention over to Checkpoint XP's Close Shave of the Week. Stay close to the heat. Close Shave. Turn out. on Checkpoint XP. This week's Close Shave goes to Invictus Gaming in the LPL of League of Legends out in China. The 2018 World Champions took on Fun Plus Phoenix, the 2019 Champions, when Invictus Southwind came to the rescue. You can see Diana going in, getting four, but all the shielding happening from Southwind keeps his team alive in a great cleanse flash from Puff. Another stun coming in from Lillian, and they they lock down Doiby. He's not able to get a single auto attack off to finish off Puff. That was amazing to watch. That was one of the best defenses I've seen. If you want to see one of the best defenses we've ever seen, then check out the Checkpoint XP Close Shave of the Week over at our website, CheckpointXP.com. This is Checkpoint XP, esports and gaming radio. 
Starting off the show today talking about this amazing story out of the UK where a gamer in the US called emergency services to help a uh, a UK gamer who she heard having a seizure on the other end of their game conversation. And it kind of sparked uh, an interesting conversation between us here in the office. And we wanted to get uh, our, our social media uh, followers, we wanted to get their take on this. But, you know, Norris, you had brought this up we understand being in you know gaming as a part of gaming and growing up with you know with gaming we understand inherently how these kinds of stories connect us how how video games connect i mean us. at the very least like this show doesn't exist without right. that level That's number one of connection Le- you know number one the fact that you guys have worked together on shows and podcasts previously but for like it, 10 years for like 10 years yeah. but if it's not for me having an internship and seeing nate wearing a, a Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker t-shirt and going, hey, you like Metal Gear? <laughs> the show doesn't exist. Right. So but, uh, I, I just wanted to ask you guys, do you have any interesting stories about how someone you met online or through a video game ended up impacting your real life? Uh, I, so I have uh, six sisters and a brother, very, very big family. And uh, right around the time that I actually ended up uh, dropping out of college, uh, my uh, dad passed away. And yeah, that obviously affected devastated our family on all levels yeah. and uh my sisters and, and brother you know they dealt with it by being able to talk to each other but for some reason that 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 wasn't me i wasn't able to to do that i felt like i had to be the rock you know for yeah. them and uh you know if it wasn't for the friends that i had online i i felt almost impossible being able to face to face deal with that grief myself and it wasn't for the friends that i had online i don't think that i would have had any outlet for that yeah you know i i think that there was a period in my life where you know video gaming wasn't the most important thing to me i i've been in bands before mm-hmm. i've been a part of a ton of different creative projects you know i'm a, just a very creative person in my personal life and uh, you know it's it's one of those things where uh until I actually experienced a gaming event in real life where people I've I had met online came and shared a real life space together, um, I didn't really understand the connection, like how deep and how earnest those kinds of connections were. Norris, how about you? Yeah, most definitely. Um, it, it, it was crazy because for me, it, it, it is also unfortunately uh, a death in the family. It was the day my, my grandma died and I was hanging out with my best friend and we were playing Capcom versus S k2 and we're getting ready to you know wind the session down and i get a phone call that you know my my grandma had passed and if it wasn't for like that bonding experience because the very next day he's like dude i'm coming over we're gonna play some more capcom versus snk yeah and it was it was normal and we talked and we talked about you know our parents our grandparents and mortality and all this stuff and it really helped me get through that process because like we were getting ready to graduate from high school yeah it was a very like crazy time in our lives and it was something that i'll cherish forever Absolutely. Uh, to, to my dying day. And, you know, we did ask some of our social media followers uh, over Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter, Checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram. Unfortunately, we're out of time to talk about it here today on the show. But if you visit our website, CheckpointXP.com, we're going to catalog some of those social media posts. So make sure you connect with us. Again, that's Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter and Checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram. And when you do, make sure you use the hashtag XP on air. 
Still ahead on Checkpoint XP, Norris got to hang out with the dudes from Arcade 1-Up out at CES. We're going to take a listen to that conversation. Plus, we are going to share all of the epic information from the Pokemon Direct Conference. And we've got the 2020 Video Game Draft. Those are all coming up here today on Checkpoint XP. But ahead next, we're going to check in with Robbie over at the Checkpoint XP News Desk. You'll never guess what game has started to cause drama in the NBA. Esports News is next here on Checkpoint XP. Checkpoint XP, esports and gaming radio. Ready, set, go! Welcome into Checkpoint XP Esports and Gaming Radio. A complete look at all things esports and gaming. A production of Beasley Esports XP. The latest esports news is right here on Checkpoint XP. Welcome back. I want to thank everyone listening on Affiliate Station, Fox Sports 1350 AM in Riverside, San Bernardino, as well as CBS Sports Radio 1450 in Reno, Nevada. Still ahead on Checkpoint XP, uh, Norris got to hang out with the Arcade 1-Up guys. We're going to check out that interview. Plus, we're going to give you all the information from the Pokemon Direct and hold our 2020 video game draft. Those conversations still ahead this hour here on Checkpoint XP. But first... There's been some drama going around the NBA, and you'll never guess why. Giannis Antetokounmpo is set to hit free agency in 2021, and everyone wants a chance to bring him over to their side. A source captured former MVP Steph Curry saying to Giannis, Come on, let's do this! which prompted some to believe that he's trying to coax him into joining the Warriors. Hmm. What, was really, what was he really talking about, though? Apparently, he wanted to play some PUBG, <laughs> going on to say we could do some real damage. Interesting. Hey, I appreciate that, man. And, and here's the thing, uh, you know, these uh, pro athletes are playing a lot more video games. They're doing a lot more nerd culture type stuff. Yeah, well, I mean, the MLB so, got like, pretty disrupted from Fortnite last year. Yeah, yeah, so, I mean, this is just another story of pro athletes playing a lot of video games and traditional media literally have no idea what's going on (laughs) the desk and casting talent continues to change as we look forward to the start of the new season for the overwatch league following monte cristo chris puckett and doa caster similar and desk analyst malik forte also announced they would not be returning to the league well there are a few familiar faces still on the caster roster this leaves only soy gishwind on the desk from the past two seasons that is just shocking that really is it's it's devastating but at the same time i still think people are really really overreacting we don't know what was going on with contract negotiations we don't know what is happening in terms of if they have new talent that blizzard wants Mm -hmm. to come in it is not the end of the overwatch league as we know it because certain people aren't going to be casting the counter-strike scene will look a bit different this year with the introduction of the esl pro league Teams that sign the new deal to participate will gain the benefits of revenue sharing, but should any team decline more than two tournament invitations or fail to attend at least two events, will forfeit all revenue sharing from the league. Wow, that is a very, very punitive system. I mean, I think that's a little bit extreme, don't you? Uh, well, I, I, currently, it's not just the ESL uh, pro circuit that is looking to start up uh, uh 
a pro league going into 2020. And uh, there's there's another one that's being assembled by uh, B-Site Incorporated. And I think this is their way of, you know, those who they invite to the pro circuit. Like, if you're going to come and play with us, you're playing with us. We're not going to mm-hmm. have a repeat of last year when Astralis was at one tournament and Team Liquid was at another tournament. We need the best of the best here. Uh, I mean, yes, but at the same time, I just think that that's, that's really harsh and you... You potentially end up driving teams away from participating in the league by being that punitive. Mm-hmm. Speaking of a Counter-Strike, uh, CSGO may be one of the older games in the esports scene, but that's not stopping it from finding new life. CSGO has recently hit a record high for number of peak concurrent players at 464,000. CSGO went free-to-play back in 2018 and over the past year has seen a steady rise in its average player base. Uh, Rick, you are our Counter-Strike expert. What do you account this rise in number of active players to? Uh, They finally followed in Fortnite's steps, and they have like a season, essentially, that they released. It was their first one in six years that they've released for CSGO. Gives people an incentive to play besides just playing. Exactly. Like It just felt like you were logging on to play. Now there's, uh, you know, they're actually putting some love into CSGO. Go and they see it, you know, returned. Player Unknown's Battlegrounds released a teaser trailer for a new upcoming desert map titled Karakin. While there is still little known about the map, we do know that the developers plan to take out Vikendi, the snow-covered map, out of rotation for the next season of the Battle Royale game. I don't know how I feel about this because neither. In the preview, this just really looked like their other desert map, and and the fact that they're taking out the newest and most recent map to, yeah. to replace it. I don't uh. know. I, I don't know what that's supposed to accomplish. Just make all the maps available. And, well, and the put them reason, on a rotation. The reason that that uh, they're doing specifically this rotation now that a new one is coming in is apparently the more maps that they put in, the higher the uh, queue time to get into those matches has been. So that's why they're deciding to do a rotation. But but I agree. The first map, uh, what was it, Erangal, yeah. should have mm-hmm. probably been the one taken out of the rotation because it's been there the longest. Yeah, exactly. Although they did just redo it, though. They, they, they recently did. revamped they that did. whole map, so maybe that's why they felt like they didn't want to take it out. Mm. Uh, I don't take, take out the other desert map, then. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, again, I don't know what this is supposed to accomplish. Uh, but between yes, uh, a, a variety of maps and a falling player base, queue times have been a problem. Three months after its release, Call of Duty Mobile has become the second best mobile game launch of all time. It's recently surpassed 180 million downloads, which means it's second only to Pokemon Go. It's most popular here in the United States, where it grossed 50 million dollars in its first three months. That's just 10 million shy of Fortnite. Wow. That's impressive. That's really good. And I actually play a little bit of Call of Duty Mobile, and it is not terrible. It is right now definitely my go-to I don't want to talk to my family members game. <laughs> so I, I think it serves that purpose. You get in, you play for a couple minutes, you get out. But uh, I, I really think it was a really good translation of Call of Duty to mobile. I got nothing bad to say about it, really. Super Mega Streaming Star Tyler Ninja Blevins is at it again. He announced a big announcement on par with his Adidas and Mixer headlines. What was it that was so big? Ninja is now in Fortnite. There's a brand new ninja-inspired skin that everyone seems to be in love with. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I can understand why this got his jollies. For uh, sure. I don't think it's quite as big as, like, the Adidas or oh, the Mixer. Definitely no. not. Definitely no, not. Uh, but, I mean, for him, probably, you know, oh, the, sure. it, it's it's the game that kind of launched his, his name into stardom. Mm-hmm. So it's got to be important for him. It's got to be monumental for him. 
I, I wonder how many of these they're actually going to sell. I wonder how many of them are going to be to people over the age of 12. Doesn't matter. As long as we got mom and dad's credit card, we spending that bread, baby. <laughs> I, listen, I get it. I get it. And it's a smart move for him. But yeah, not on par with the Adidas announcement. Come on, man. That's all for the Checkpoint XP eSports gaming update. For more, head on over to our website, CheckpointXP.com. Thanks, Robbie, for the update. Overwatch League's upcoming homestands are right around the corner. But will it generate the excitement the league needs right now? OWL Marketing Director Kristen Conley shared her thoughts with Norris when he was out at CES. What I'm looking forward to is just each team being able to show off their personality um, and, and do things to their home crowds, feel that home field advantage that the players will be able to uh, be in front of their fans live, You know, not just play competitively in front of them, but also um, do fun events around the city and the town that just connects with them. So I think that'll be really special to see how each team uh, kind of tackles that a little bit differently. And listen, this season is going to be a monumental shift, not just for the Overwatch League, but for esports overall. So what part of the homestands are you most excited about? I definitely think it is, you know, the concept of seeing, you know, will these teams start to create their own identities? I think when you put yourself in a town, you do sort of begin to adopt a little bit of your surroundings and I think that is really cool but most of all I want to see if this actually changes up the meta a little bit will we see you know a Overwatch meta that is a little bit more geographically defined where you see China playing a certain way and you have the American teams playing a certain way yeah well I mean now that they have the divisions these teams aren't going to be scrimming everyone they'll be scrimming the the, the teams that are in their division mostly so I don't know how big or defined it'll be but I think you'll absolutely start to see play styles that are divined by geolocation. But I have to echo uh, uh, Kristen's comments here. I think it's going to be absolutely imperative if you want to continually get butts in those seats that you need to start leveraging the personalities of the team and of the players. You know, we saw with uh, uh, Riot and League of Legends, the way that they put on their shows, everyone wants to be at those. We're talking about those years later because of how amazing they are. And it's more than just the game and the competition that we're seeing on the screen that oh, has absolutely. to be there. Absolutely. They're multimedia presentations. There's music that's involved. They're they're. Energy- entertainment spectacles and that's what i think a lot of people are going into the homestands expecting out of owl i mean this is blizzard's crown jewel of esports they're not they they can't let it languish and and become something lesser than league of legends they've got to rise to the occasion and make this an entertainment spectacle on par with anything riot does yeah and i have to say i mean having been at the last grand finals for example you know they had like a whole sort of pre event area that honestly was kind of lacking. You know, I was out there with uh, D Lynam uh, uh, from out in the Phil- out in the Philadelphia area as well, and she, yeah. she's big into the sports scene, uh, NBA. And she was kind of walking around, being like, "Is this it?" You know, I mean, had talked up the esports scene, how exciting everything is, and they didn't even have players out there doing signings. I mean, that was a huge missed opportunity. And again, when you're being compared to the likes of Riot, you cannot languish. You cannot afford to let this slip you by. You can't play catch up. 
No, I totally agree, and I think it's a massive opportunity for them to engender a lot of goodwill with the player base. The player base is, is in my opinion, a little bit down, a little bit negative right now because oh, yeah. of not just you know the state of the game, but also the talent losses that yeah. we've talked about previously. So I think this is a good chance to sort of hit the reset button, get everybody excited again, and really, really get Overwatch League to the premier level that everybody knows it's capable of. And by the way, you don't have to do that with holograms you you don't need (laughs) you don't need to be as elaborate as holograms you can do a very entertainment focused show by just being very smart about the way that you're programming it but listen we want to hear from you how excited are you for the homestands to start for owl connect with us on social media that's checkpoint xp on facebook and twitter and checkpoint underscore xp on instagram and when you do make sure you use the hashtag xp on air still ahead on check Point XP. We talked about this last week. We were talking about all of the new games that are going to be coming out in 2020, but this week, we're going to put them to the test. We're going to do a 2020 video game draft. Oh, y'all going down. Yeah, we'll see about that. But ahead next, Norris, when he was out at CES, got to sit down with the guys from Arcade 1UP. Stick around. That conversation is ahead next on Checkpoint XP. This is Checkpoint XP. Esports and gaming radio. Checkpointxp.com. Big news in the world of Pokemon. We're going to get to that in just a minute. Welcome back. I want to thank everyone listening on affiliate Fox Sports 1360 WSAI in Cincinnati, Ohio, as well as Talk Radio 1360 KKBJ in Bemidji, Minnesota. Make sure you visit our website over at CheckpointXP.com, whether it's our podcast, our thoughts on the latest stories in gaming and esports, or some Checkpoint XP merch. It all lives over at CheckpointXP.com. Norris got the opportunity to travel out to CES. You can actually hear his live report from the floor of CES from last week's show, now available as a podcast over at our website, CheckpointXP.com. While out at CES, Norris got a chance to sit down with David McIntosh from Arcade One Up, a company specializing in retro arcade cabinets. They talked about how quickly the company capitalized on the rising retro game craze. So we launched about uh, you know a year and a half ago with these three-quarter scale retro arcade cabinets that you can see behind us. And within a year, you know, we sold out at major retailers, hundreds of thousands of units, and we got pickup from almost every big retailer in the industry right now, from Walmart to, you know, Target, Best Buy, FYE, Fry's, all the, any retailer you can think of, they probably carry us. You know, Home Depot, like, it's crazy. Um, so we really found a lot of success in our early days, and from that, we've launched into um, not just a three-quarter scale arcade cabinet company. We've diversified into various new form factors and new products, like our digital pinball you can kind to see in the back of our booth here uh, in partnership with Zen Studios and Lucasfilm. So it's been a hell of a ride. And as you mentioned, you know, we've, we've gotten a lot of love from people who find it very interesting that you're at a consumer tech show about tech of the future and you're showing retro arcade cabinets, right? So like, what's the, what's the deal here? So with NBA Jam, we actually redeveloped the game itself to have online capabilities. So if you, have, a, if you have an NBA Jam cabinet, I have an NBA Jam cabinet, for the first time ever in an arcade, you and I can connect to each other online and it's real time. 
so happy. So we, me too, to be honest. So we put a modern twist on a retro title, and that's a bit of an innovation, and that's how we earned our place here at CES. Awesome. And, and so speaking of NBA Jam, you guys have a litany of games, a lot of Capcom games. I'm a Capcom stand, so I love the guy that you guys have gone with, like Final Fight and Street Fighter and some of the other games. What are you know? What, what's the calculus behind you know what games you you know you guys decide to sort of update and upgrade and put into your cabinet? Well, it's funny you say that. So it's it's kind of a it's video games made by gamers. So you know, I'm more of a modern gamer. I know you can probably tell by my age, but I played a lot of the PC games, a lot of console games. The earliest or the latest, I should say, the like the I would say oldest console I started on was like an NES, maybe Atari when I was a bit younger. But really, like arcade games are the expertise of some of our more senior staff not to throw any shade I mean we respect them but they know the retro titles they grew up in that era so we have licensing guys who've been in the gaming industry for 20 30 years we have uh, you know sales guys who have been in the industry for you know 30 40 years so people who lived and breathed arcade machines and know the uh, the demographic of people what the iconic titles were in their day and that really helps dictate what we go after so you know we have the big big names from Bandai Pac-Man Galaga we have NBA Jam, obviously. We have Street Fighter. We have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like, the list goes on. We have so many cool IPs, and it's all doable because, you know, we have people who knew what titles were hot. Like, if you look right now and say, what's the game of 20, uh, you know, 2020 now? But what was the game of 2019? You could easily say, like, Fortnite or League of Legends. Like, those guys had the come up. But, like, in the 80s, they knew who had their come up, and that's kind of what, that's what we're going off. Man, that is so cool. Arcade cabinets with interactivity? Like, that's that's radical and awesome and throws back to arcades in a way that I could have never imagined. For more on Norris's conversation with Arcade 1UP, head on over to our website, CheckpointXP.com. Switching gears now, it's time for Nailed It and Failed It. You know who this is. From the high highs to the low lows. Turn it up. On Checkpoint XP Radio. Faker is one of the best League of Legends players in the world, having three world championship wins under his belt, so it's not very often you see him lose. This past week on one of his streams, he had his hands full with the most unlikely of opponents, the League of Legends launcher. Bro! What the? Doesn't matter what language it is, bra is always the <laughs> Universal. same. As soon as the match had started, an error message popped up urging him to report it to Riot, and no matter what he did, no amount of furious clicking would make the message box go away. League Launcher 1, Faker 0. Stick around, because next hour we're going to find out who failed it. As always, find Nailed It and Failed It over at a website, CheckpointXP.com. Don't go, go. AFK on us. Follow, follow us online. At CheckpointXP.com Alright, switching our attention now over to Pokemon. Uh, Pokemon had a surprise direct conference oh, that boy, went down last it? week. Now, this is surprising because A, it came out of nowhere, and B, Pokemon announced their very first DLC for a game ever. Yeah, ever. yeah that's right. Normally, you know, a few year, uh, year and a half, two years after the release of a game, they'll come up with a brand new game that you have to drop 60 bucks on and basically start all over, usually some sort of variance on the story. Right. 
But this time they've announced the Isle of Armor and the Crown Tundra, which you only have to drop 30 bucks on, half the price of what a new game would normally cost you, and you get to continue your adventure with the team you've already built up. And the biggest thing is, I need to know what you think about this, Nate. They're adding in 200 more Pokemon, which means eventually you're going to have your full national decks. And here's the biggest thing about it. You don't need to buy that season pass or that DLC to get the new Pokemon. And that's the way that it should be, by the way. Like, I I have to commend, a lot of people have been pushing back on Game Freak for this decision. They're like, DLC has never been in Pokemon before. It has no business being here. I actually think that this is a really smart way to do it. Instead of retreading some of the same story that you would, you know, uh, uh, Sun and Moon and Ultra Sun and Moon were very Mm -hmm. guilty of this. Very small changes in the story. But continuing on the adventure is, I think, really cool. And you know what? You have so much leeway when it comes to Pokemon because there's no established map or geography. Well, you can what, just make lands up. And what better place to do it than the Galar region, which yes. is based after the UK, where there's islands everywhere. There's islands. <laughs> now, on top of all of this uh, cool new stuff, there are new versions of Galar Pokemon that are coming as well. That's right. The legendary trio, Zapdos, Moltres, and Articuno, are getting brand new looks. They're basically reimagined. See, I know. I'm, I'm hype off this because the original legendary trio are three of my favorite Pokemon, and Moltres is the one that I like the least, and it's the Galar variant I like the most. Yeah. So, can you explain to me why everyone's so hyped off of the new Zapdos. He looks like an ostrich. He looks like a sunburnt ostrich. <laughs> I'm in. You, Zapdos well, is my favorite what? Pokemon ever. I will never slander Zapdos. He looks Zapdos. hideous now. I'm not slandering Zapdos. Listen, period. the question that still needs to be answered are what are the 200 Pokemon oh, that they're going to be putting yeah. in? Because Zigzagoon. I have to be honest, if the fossil Pokemon aren't there, if I can't... Oh my God, the Kabutops. If I can't play with Kabutops... We're in the trailer, but we don't know if it'll be all of Exactly. Yes. We don't know which one it's going to be, so I'm going to be looking very closely to find out, and as soon as Kabutops gets added, then I'm in. <laughs> I'm back in, boys. You. All right, listen, we want to hear from you. Are you excited for the Isle of Armor or Crown Tundra expansions to Pokemon Sword and Shield? Connect with us on social media. That's Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter, and Checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram, and use the hashtag XP on air. But ahead now, Next, we actually kind of talked about this last week. We are going to officially be holding our 2020 video game draft, which means that you're going to be able to hold us accountable for our picks all throughout 2020. Stick around. That conversation is ahead next on Checkpoint XP. Hey, this is Joe with the Checkpoint XP Save the Date calendar, letting you know about all the latest esports competitions to look forward to in the coming weeks. The major esports leagues are on break right now, but they'll be back later this month. Call of Duty League is set to debut on January 24th, while Overwatch League returns on February the 8th. The 2020 spring split for the LCS, meanwhile, is scheduled to kick off on January 25th. As we get into the new year, Dota 2 will welcome us back off the holiday break with Dream League Season 13 running from January 18th through the 26th. February 1st will mark the kickoff of the Rocket League Championship Series. Teams will be competing weekly until the regional championships at the end of March. February will play host to DreamHack Anaheim, which will bring us back to the world of PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds. That tournament will be running from February 21st through the 23rd. Speaking of that, the same weekend will also play host to Frostbite 2020, welcoming Super Smash Bros. players from all over the country to Detroit, Michigan. That's it for the Checkpoint XP Save the Date calendar. And remember, for all the latest in the world of esports, check out our website. That's over at CheckpointXP.com. 
Checkpointexp.com. This is Checkpoint XP. Esports and gaming radio. Checkpointxp.com. It's the first annual 2020 Checkpoint video game draft. Welcome back to Checkpoint XP, your home for esports and gaming. I want to thank everyone listening out in Colorado on ESPN Denver 1600, 1043 The Fan, as well as Extra Sports 1300 in Colorado Springs. You've been asking for it, and it's finally here. Checkpoint XP merch is officially available. We've got shirts, hats, hoodies, and mugs for Checkpoint XP, the other identity, and load team damage. Plus, we just added a whole bunch of Dungeons and Dragons inspired designs. Make sure you check it out. Over at CheckpointXP.com slash shop. So last week we had talked about doing a 2020 video game draft and here to explain how we're going to do it, I present Weird Beard. So the way that this draft is going to be able to work, we're going to go around, determine the draft order. We are selecting five games at the end of the year. We will check their cumulative Metacritic score in order to be able to determine who is the overall draft winner. Ooh, I like it. Remember, it's only games that are being released in 2020. If it was released in 2019, it needs to be re-released in the physical year of 2020 in order to be selected. Okay, so what about like if a new game gets announced like somewhere mid-year and we're like, oh, I want that. We'll uh, do a mid-season draft. Yes. Okay. And then they can add to your team if nice. there's anything that you oh, have. I like yet. it. I like it. All right. Cool. So who's uh, who are we starting out with? Our first winner or drafter today is me. Oh, that seems suspect. You're the rigged. commissioner. Rigged. You're not rigged. supposed to. <laughs> All right. Rigged. Roll again. With the first pick in the draft. The, the easy one would be able to go with, I don't know, like probably cyberpunk. But what I'm going to pick out of the gate. Is Marvel's Avengers Ooh, really okay? And I, I, I think because just the bias that goes with Marvel, you're guaranteed at least an extra like couple of points. Maybe I think maybe I, I, from what I've heard in in like the lead up to this game coming out, I think it's going to be an awfully divisive game. Yeah, with hot. fans of Marvel. So I'm you not sure. Watch the first pick. Yeah, you sure. might have. Right. I've seen it physically, sir. So all right, who gets the second pick? The second pick today in the draft will be with the second pick. In the draft. Norris. All right. So you already know we're going cyberpunk oh, all the way, yeah. baby. Cyberpunk all the way. Man, that takes a real big pick off of my board, man. I do not like this. I do the, not like this at all. The, That's too obvious, Norris. It is. It's too obvious a pick. Hey, listen. We out here, man. Norris CD, just won. No CD Projekt Red, baby. We out here. All right. The next picker to the podium. With the third pick in the draft. Nate. All right. Okay. So I know some of you out there are probably have an idea of what I'm going to pick, but I've actually got a dark horse candidate that I I have put into the running that I think is going to do mighty well for me and my Metacritic scores. Put Warcraft 3 Reforged on the board for me, sir. Very good pick. Oh. Sleeper pick. That is that's got the nostalgia. Yes. It's got the hype. It's already a good game. Absolutely. You already know it's a good game. Blizzard can't screw this up. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Last but not least, with the fourth pick 
in the draft. Our man Robbie is stepping in. Come on, we already know what you pick. All right, actually, you don't. I'm going for a surefire hit for this first one, and I'm going Animal Crossing New Horizons. Ooh. Very good pick, sir. That is a good pick. Very good pick. That is a very good pick. Not something that you would personally oh, like, never. but something that is going to get very high Metacritic scores. Very I good like pick. it. Very smart pick. Are, do we go in reverse now? Does it go Robbie and then in reverse order? No. No? No. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. My next pick, Hollow Knight Silk Song, one of the sleeper hits of the indie All platform. Right. All, All right. right. All right. An indie darling. I do, like see, I do like seeing some uh, some indie representation there. All right, well, I'm going for another heavy hitter, Final Fantasy VII. Give it to me. Give it to me. I think I, I do think that Norris has the most. Uh, but here's the thing: statistically, the mo- ah, the higher profile picks you 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 pick, you run the risk. I do That's run true. The risk. Review That's true. Bombs. I do run the risk of a review bomb. That's true. It's my turn now. Yes. Correct. Okay. Uh, I am actually going to go th- for another dark horse candidate. Predator Hunting Grounds. Mm, Interesting. Could go either way. I don't know anything about the game. I do think that the fandom around Predator might carry it a little bit. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and take out uh, Persona 5 Royale. All right. All right. Not bad. Not bad. All right. Going back around to uh, Weird Beard. Uh, I think this one might not do so hot, but I still want it. The Last of Us Part 2 is going to be my big one. No, that's a a big budget. Big box, big budget. No, I, I think I think that one's pretty safe. Yeah, game of the decade, The Last of Us. By yeah. the way, all right, uh, Norris. All right, so based on what we still have on the board, not a game that I will play personally. Actually, nope. Last minute change. We're gonna go with uh, Resident Evil Three Nemesis. Ooh, good Ooh. pick. Good pick. <sighs> Man, you are just picking all of the big triple A's. Yes. Um, all right. For me, this is one, you know, I mentioned this game last week, and I forgot how excited I was about it until I mentioned it. Elden Ring. Wow. Elden Ring is going to be oh, that's the, my third. Yes. yes that is uh, from that's software. That's J.R.R. Martin from software collaboration. That is correct, sir. Yeah, so for my next one, uh, Riot this year doesn't seem that they can do no wrong. I'm going to go with Legends of Runeterra, their upcoming card game. Mm. Dang it! Nah. <laughs> That's, my pick. That is a very good pick. All right. Uh, we are down to our fourth pick. We got about three minutes left to go. Uh, you're listening to Checkpoint XP Esports and Gaming Radio. We're going back to Weird Beard. Uh, I think I'm going to pick another uh, another indie game. <laughs> oh, my God. Really? Super Meat Boy Forever. Ooh. I good think pick. Super Meat Boy did really well, and it's yeah. still like high it's up still on out Steam. There. Good pick. Yeah, good that's pick. a good one. That is a good one. All right, over to Norris. All right, not a game that I play personally, but I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to say Neo 2. Ooh. Ooh. First one didn't do all that great, did it? No, first one did phenomenally. It did phenomenal. Okay, it enough. did very fair well, enough, uh, especially for a game that was uh, a cribbing. Clone. Yeah, basically just copying a genre. Uh, for me, again, this is one that I mentioned last week and uh, kind of forgot about it, but I definitely think it's going to uh, score very high uh, for Metacritic. That is Psychonauts 2. Yeah. Oh! That's going to do... And it, I think it's going to do very, very well. I'm so upset! Yeah, so uh, You should be. So, so far, I've definitely been going not what my heart tells me to, but statistically what I think is going to do well. So for one of these, I am going to do a pick of my own, and that is Dying Light 2. Oh, okay. 
from what I've seen, very impressive oh, yeah, game, sir. Sure. Very impressive. Interesting. All right, back around to Weird Beard. Final pick. Oh, this is so hard. I think I'm going to go with the Doom Eternal. Doom Eternal. It's not, not a bad not a pick, bad although pick. it is a Bethesda game, so you never know what's going to happen there. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Uh, Norris, what about you? All right, we are definitely going to go another direction. I am going to go with the re-release of Disco Elysium yeah, to PlayStation nice. 4 and Xbox Really? Uh, for me, I got to go System Shock Remastered. Uh, System Shock had a uh, very big following. Uh, Robbie. All right, this is the big shock one here. I'm going to uh, uh, go ahead and summon the power of the animes out there. Oh, boy. Weeaboos and otakus everywhere because they're going to eat this game up. Boyfriend Dungeon. <laughs> hey, Boyfriend Dungeon Dude. is very well reviewed. All right, there we go. We've got our five picks. We've also got one pick for the game that we think is going to do the worst. We've only got a minute left, so real, real quick, we've got to get through this weird beard. What do you think is going to do the worst? Uh, Tom Clancy's Elite Squad. I don't think Tom Clancy belongs on a phone game. Interesting. All right, Norris, what about you? Fast and Furious Crossroads. <laughs> Just period. Family. To Ken, I get it. Uh, <laughs> uh, my pick is going to be Marvel's Avengers. I think it's going to go over very poorly. What? I do. I do. I just think that the fans are going to revolt at it because it doesn't have the stars. Robbie, what do you think is going to do horribly? I'm with Norris here. Movie to games never worked. The Dark Crystal Age of Resistance Tactics. Okay. Oh God, it's got tactics in it. I totally forgot that that was even coming out. But listen, we want to hear from you. What are the five games that you would have picked for your 2020 draft. Connect with us on social media. That's Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter and Checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram. And when you do, make sure you use the hashtag XP on air. Coming up in the next hour of Checkpoint XP, we've got a whole bunch of stuff to talk about, including Nintendo and Smash. But ahead next, we'll check in with Robbie over at the Checkpoint News Desk. You'll never guess what game's expansion is deleting entire save files. Gaming news is next here on Checkpoint XP. Ready, set, go! Welcome into Checkpoint XP Esports and Gaming Radio. A complete look at all things esports and gaming. A production of Beasley Esports XP. Hey, welcome back to another hour of Checkpoint XP, your home for esports and gaming. Coming up this hour on Checkpoint XP, Nintendo and Smash. Why don't they fund their scene? They actually made a statement about why. Plus, we're going to go over the top gaming handheld of all time and this is big news sony is skipping e3 for the second year in a row no we're gonna break all that down coming up this hour here on checkpoint xp but first gaming news update ladies and gentlemen we interrupt this program to bring you important news Capcom's most successful game ever, Monster Hunter World, has finally released its expansion Iceborne on the PC, but it launched with a devastating bug. Oh no. Some players that installed the add-on have reported that it deleted their save files, eliminating hundreds of hours of progress. Oh my god. And as of right now, that uh, that bug is still in there. It's yet to be fixed. That is... That sucks. Unacceptable. I'm so glad Monster I didn't get this Hunter, on PC, Monster guys. Hunter, what, dude, I'm looking at my PS4 purchase like, yeah, buddy. Because the thing is, Monster Hunter World is a very grindy, very like you put time a, you put a intensive lot into game. That game. Yeah, you put a lot of time into that game yeah. to really get where you want to be. In Iceborne, you can't progress unless you've reached a certain point of the game to the new stuff. So. 
if that file save is deleted, you can't even play I'm, the I'm parts done. of the game you just oh, spent yeah. your money I'm for. Done oh, yeah. Point. I'm just taking the disc and flinging it out my window. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, what? What? At, at that point, I'd be so frustrated, I'd, I'd feel like it was justified. Pretty soon, you can travel to Japan and lodge inside a historic location as Nintendo's original headquarters. Back when they were making playing cards, oh, wow. that company headquarters is being converted into a hotel. That's pretty cool. Now, don't expect too much Nintendo memorabilia as it's owned by the company's original founder. The Yamuchi family. The hotel is expected to open in 2021. But you're right; that would actually still be really cool. Like honestly, right. honestly, uh, you know, and and there are a lot of hotels that are kind of rehabbing historic sites mm. that dedicate a small portion of the hotel to uh, a little small museum, a little, and I, a little Nintendo shrine. Exactly. And I would love to be able to see some of the early Nintendo products before they became known as a video game company. Card game? How cool would that be? <laughs> no, that'd be really awesome. It really would be. The mobile online RPG market just got another major player involved as Square Enix is looking oh, to no. drop a oh, Final Jesus. Fantasy 15 Stop! Massively Why? multiplayer online game. I well, don't no release want this. window has been announced. Who the asked game for this? will go live in China first, man. Who asked for I this? I don't know. Okay, let me say this right now. 15 is not a good game. It's no. not even a multiplayer game to begin with. No, it's not. It's barely a functional game. What what happened to the to the mobile Final Fantasy 11 version they've been working on for 5 years? Thank Son, you. I would love that, but no, you give me boy band the MMO. I'm sick of that. I don't want this. Now, now to be fair, the K-pop scene would totally eat it up. Who who plays 15 and goes, "I want to just stay in that world. I want to live in I, that I, world." We have a f- personal friend who I know say, absolutely. You know, the answer you know exactly who would stay in this world. Unfortunately, I do know the type of person that would yes, stay in Rick. that world. What's the price point? Do they charge money for this? Well, we don't know yet. There's we been no know. release yeah. window. But I'm saying, if you had to guess how much they would charge, how much would people pay for this? I don't oh, know. Gotta, I hope it's, it's, it's got to be freemium. It, no, I hope it costs souls because I would <laughs> never, ever, ever, ever want anybody to spend money on this. No, uh, Robbie, I'm with you. I think it would be freemium and they would get them on the microtransaction. Sure. Come on. Really? You don't think that, that there are weebs out there that'll pay $5 to get their stupid boy band haircuts? That's what Brave Exuvius is. Exactly. Well, uh, and aren't they shutting that down? They're shutting Cutting down one of their mobile titles. Yeah. yeah. In the latest chapter of EU Girls and Games, <laughs> developers for the surging Battle Royale game Escape from Tarkov said on Twitter that adding playable women to the game would be too much work. Shut up. It deserves to be said that virtually every current shooter <laughs> in Battle Royale on the market allows you to play as women. Almost every video game. Let's be honest. Uh, uh, truly. Truly. But this is like a special brand of stupid. Well, it also plays into the lore of the game. That There's well, women in the lore of the game. Well, they recognize that women are obviously in the military all around the world, that in their lore, that women are apparently just side NPCs and like, you know, vendors. don't know how to shoot guns. Yeah. Why is this game popular? <laughs> that, like, Thank that's you. That's my the, question. The, pub, is, the publisher hit up some influencers yeah. and now it's a it big streaming game. It popped out of game. nowhere. And the biggest thing is that it's like a, uh, a continually persistent world where if you die, you lose your cash of uh, items that you picked up. Yeah. But it's just it. It doesn't feel polished. I have no idea why it's a thing. Yeah, yeah, I agree. With E3 right around the corner, Microsoft revealed that their games for the upcoming Xbox Series X will be both forward and backwards compatible. In a statement, Microsoft spokesperson Matt Booty. <laughs> no, that's no, his real name. That's his no, real name. That's his real name. name. No, it, it's got to be no. spelled like B E W T Y. Definitely Booty. 
Oh, yeah, it's B-O-O-T-Y. Wow. Mr. Booty said, as our content comes out over the next year, two years, all of our games, sort of like PC, will play up and down that entire family of devices. This will let players who choose not to upgrade to still enjoy... Some of their nudists. Why newest does anybody titles. need to spend money on this they system? They don't. Then? Look, I, I like. I get it. And, and as a consumer, <laughs> this is really cool. You know, to to know that I don't have to buy the newest generation of consoles, but it's also screwing your newest generation of consoles. That's what I don't understand. Like, I get backwards compatibility. I love you know having the newest uh, system, being able to play the games that I already own. I think that's a great idea. However, if the same games are going to come out for the previous system, I know. Just, why would I buy the new system? What? What did it, it? Listen, what they're they're trying to brag about their scalability, mm-hmm. and and that is some impressive technology. Don't get me wrong. The thing is, is that, like, listen, when is Microsoft just going to give up the ghost and just say, we can't compete with Sony anymore, so what we're going to do is we're going to make small batch artisanal consoles Uh, for people who really just want a purest experience. This is what they need. They need to just fully invest and say, we are a Game Pass only platform now, because Game Pass works, people love it. Convert everything to Game Pass and stop spending the money on making consoles. Microsoft should honestly just make gaming PCs. Yeah. That's pretty much what they're doing. And by the way, Rick, I appreciate that one little laugh for my hipster (laughs) Xbox joke. I appreciate that. It's a pity laugh, I know. Awesome Games Done Quick is one of the most compelling streams on Twitch and Speedrunner Blood Thunder. That's a a great name. It's a great name. Halfway through a run of Bioshock, the infamous blue screen Windows era popped up, and then the Skyrim <laughs> It was a great moment of levity in an intense competitive environment. If, if you guys haven't seen this video, it's really yeah, awesome. Because he plays it off and nobody knew that it was going to happen. Like yeah. Not even the event organizers. It's yeah. pretty hysterical. And uh, by the way, you can view that video over at our website, CheckpointXP.com. That's all for the Checkpoint XP gaming update. For more, head on over to website, CheckpointXP.com. Thanks, Robbie, for the update. Two of Square Enix's most anticipated games of the year have been dun-dun-dun delayed! Surprise, surprise! While the Final Fantasy VII Remake has only been delayed a month to April 10th, the new Avengers game coming from the company is delayed four months, May to September. This is really surprising because, like, I thought that they had all of their ducks in a row for the Avengers game. Ooh, they were mm. they were plugging mm. DLC. They were already plugging new characters that See? were coming to the game. I, I I think that this is indicative of a major problem with the Avengers game. I, oh, for I sure. agree. I agree 100%. And here's the thing. I, I totally understand. A month tells me that, oh, we may have encountered a bug that we need to fix. There's some go back and polish, a little polish, polish, whatever. So I'm not, I'm never mad about a month, but four months tells me either you're making a massive creative change or you found something fundamentally flawed with the game. And I'm gonna tell you now what I saw of the game at E3 last year and all throughout last year. It doesn't look that impressive. And that's what I think the problem here is. I think that they've been getting more and more feedback, and someone higher up finally said, we need to change this, put this more in line with either what people are expecting or what they want so that we can have a smooth launch. Yeah, I mean, they better, because if they don't, I mean, this is, we're talking about, you know, EA's use of, like, the Star Wars IP. Yeah. I would hate to see Square Enix bungle such an amazing and expensive 
IP. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. This is really going to put a uh, kind of a logjam of games, though, all at the same time, though, isn't it? With Cyberpunk, okay, with Final yes, Fantasy. that's the only issue that I have with the Final uh, Fantasy one because I'm I'm with you, Norse. Yeah. You need to delay a game to, so so that it launches fine. Everyone's happy with it. That's great. But now I have to beat Final Fantasy VII in six days before Cyberpunk it's not gonna comes out. It's not going to happen. Oh, man. It's going to be a tough one. It's not going to happen. But not only just that. So for me, I got Resident Evil a week, Final Fantasy a week, Cyberpunk the rest of the year. The rest of the year. Listen, I I don't think Final Fantasy VII is going to take as much time as you're thinking. I honestly, it's not like the RPGs of old, man. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. We don't know, but it's going to listen. Listen, it's going to feel like a third of Final Fantasy XV. I actually hope that they surprise us and give us more game than... I, I think they're going to give us more game than we think we're getting. I don't think so, because I don't think you can have a gameplay loop that early on in uh, in that story. Well, see, and that's the biggest thing, too. The fact that they're going to continue the story on, they're chopping yes. the game up into multiple things. Exactly. I don't think it's going to be open-ended like most game, you know, like most RPGs are yeah, supposed yeah. to there's be. N- there's going to be no end game, so therefore, by definition, there's no gameplay loop. I, I might be able to finish it off in six days if I really commit to If you to really it. grind. Yeah, I mean, because look at Control. I think I beat that in maybe about 40 hours total, and that's the same sort of thing. Yeah. You just play till the end. You know, they have little sort of extras in there, but it's nothing that, that I really feel compelled to finish. Because I, I compare RPG to Persona, which took me 88 hours That's to fair. And so yeah, I feel I don't like... I this is going to be that. No. no and, and yeah. 88 hours of game. That was a complete about, game. Yeah. Yep, that was a full game. <laughs> fair. They told a full story. Fair. There was an end game gameplay loop. It was a full game. Listen, we want to hear from you. Are you concerned about the delays in these two monumental titles from Square Enix? Connect with us on social media. That's Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter and Checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram. Still ahead on Checkpoint XP, Sony is skipping out on E3 for the second second year in a row and it makes us ask is e3 even still worth holding plus we're going to check in with our social media followers to find out if your life were a video game what genre would it be but ahead next nintendo has finally broken their silence on why they're not more supportive of their smash community their answer might surprise you stick around that's ahead next on checkpoint xp this is checkpoint xp esports and gaming radio CheckpointXP.com Nintendo finally breaks their silence on why they are more supportive of their competitive Smash scene. Welcome back to Checkpoint XP, your home for esports and gaming. I want to thank everyone listening on 98.5, the Sports Hub of Boston, as well as the Team 980 in Washington, D.C. Check out our website over at CheckpointXP.com, and while you're there, make sure you sign up for the Checkpoint XP Nation newsletter. Get behind-the-scenes insight, photos, and access to contests and unique content. All it takes is an email address and a zip code. So sign up today at CheckpointXP.com. Nintendo has been very hands-off when it comes to their competitive esports scene, mm-hmm. specifically their Smash scene, which has been around forever. Well, and, 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 and recently we, we, we've seen them with Smash Ultimate help a little bit more, but the... And you would think that they would want to capitalize on that in 2020. Yeah, you know exactly, what I mean? Yeah, like, and, it's, it's, it's only the biggest buzzword in video games of the last five years, and it seems like any company who has a game that is even that hell that's not even successful as an esport is looking to get into the space right and, and the big issue though the one thing where that they don't really help in is where the prize money is concerned mm-hmm. and a company like nintendo has 
oodles to spare. Well, and it's also where, and it needs to be mentioned, we've said this multiple times on the show, Norris is a big proponent of this, mm-hmm. is the in the fighting game community, the prize pools are where the most help is needed. Yeah, yeah. yeah and uh, Nintendo president uh, Shintaro Furukawa uh, had said in a, uh, an interview, and this was translated by Kotaku here, but, but roughly what his uh, statement said is, it's not that we're opposed to it, uh, so that our games can be widely enjoyed by anyone, regardless of experience, gender, or age, we want to be able to participate in a wide range of different events. Our strength, what differentiates us from other companies, is this different worldview, not an amount of prize money. So essentially what they're saying is we're not going to inject any more money into the scene because we want everybody to feel like they can participate. But those are mutually exclusive. That's not exactly. That's not the same thing. It's not the same community. It's not the same demographic. Yes, there Everyone are. Everyone loves money. Yeah, everybody <laughs> likes money. But the but the big thing here is Nintendo spent the better part of twenty years not supporting the Smash scene, yeah. not supporting their professional esports scene, and all of a sudden they come out and they support this new game. Everybody's happy, and statements like this completely eviscerate all the goodwill that they're that they built up because they're now saying. This is about as much as we're ever going to do. And and that's, I think, a really big oversight in in terms of Nintendo. Uh, I, I mean, I said it at the very beginning. Any company that even smells the possibility of being able to be an active participant in esports is going after it and going after it very aggressively. I don't understand what Nintendo, uh, what Nintendo wants out of this. Do they want tournaments where, like, Joey, seven-year-old off the street, can just march in there and feel like he's got a chance? Because I'll tell you something, that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen with Nintendo-sponsored events. It doesn't happen with, uh, you know, uh, FGC events. It That kind of thing doesn't happen. And as long as esports continues to be more and more... Uh, you know, produced and and a, a, a professional, for professional, lack of a better term, exactly. As as long as the growth continues in that direction, it's never going to go back. Nintendo, it's never. It doesn't have the ability to go back. I so the, I don't even know what they want out of this. I think the problem with Nintendo is they're still trying to position themselves as this family friendly company and the company that you know parents are comfortable with their kids buying their product. But the problem is, is you're still a company and profitability is still your number one motivation and moving forward we're going to see esports drive profitability and drive the ability to play the game and enjoy the game more and more in the 2020s but does supporting your esports scene financially go in the face of being a family friendly company no it doesn't because epic's doing it right now exactly thank you I think Fortnite is a great example of how a game and the largest game on the planet can serve at both times your professional scene and your amateur scene. Well, I brought that up in the sense of saying, you know, Nintendo's positioning has always been about we we care about the home experience first and foremost. And that's fine. And the family experience first and foremost. That's fine. And so their objective or their primary focus is never going to be on their competitive scene. Meanwhile, uh, Capcom and other games in the FGC uh, or other companies in the FGC, esports is a primary profit uh, or loss lead for people to buy into their game. Right. But I just don't understand where Nintendo thinks they're going to... Like, what what do they think not 
investing in their competitive scene is going to do for their amateur scene. See, it seems more that they're afraid if they do invest in the competitive scene that that will somehow uh, uh, taint the sanctity of their family-friendly image. Exactly, and Mm -hmm. I don't think that that is remotely true at all. All right, we got to switch gears here and check out Nailed It and Failed It. You know who this is. From the high highs to the low lows. Turn it up. On Checkpoint XP Radio. Last week, Summit 1G streaming and first-person shooter star received our close shave of the week, but even the pros are prone to mega fails. While playing Escape from Tarkov, he descended some stairs and lobbed a grenade onto a balcony to take out some opponents, but the grenade hit a high beam and bounced back towards him. Him throwing a grenade. <laughs> and he just runs out of the room. I love that the grunt is not the game, but him. Yes, exactly. Summit 1G falls victim oh. to his own grenade and immediately runs off camera. Do you know someone who nailed it? What about failed it? Make a submission over at our website, CheckpointXP.com. This is Checkpoint XP. Check out the latest esports and gaming news and opinions at CheckpointXP.com. All right, we've got a nice little list here of the top gaming handhelds of all time. Now, Robbie Norris and I have not seen this list. Weird Beard has taken a look at it. So, uh, Weird Beard, do you want to, how do we want to try to go through this list? I think you just need to guess them. If you've played any handheld console in the past, I don't know, 30 years. It shouldn't be hard. You should be able to name at least one on here. Okay. All right. I guess I'll start off. The old school gray Brick Game Boy. That oh, that's got to be there. That obviously is on the list. However, it is all the way down at eighteen. What? Eighteen? Correct. I'm sorry. That's, that's rough. That's the system that should have that made top ten. Absolutely. Easily. Absolutely. Uh, Robbie, what about you? Uh, I'm going to take the easy one here. The Nintendo Switch. Uh, the Switch is. Where is it on this list? Here we are. It is number six. Ooh, number all right, six. All number right. six. Close, I don't put six. it in the top five, but number close six. Enough. All right. I'm going to go out there on a limb. Oh, no. The Nintendo 3DS XL. That <laughs> wow, is, that is oddly specific. Uh, the three, oh, not the 2DS. I'm sorry. The 3DS XL is number eight. Wow. All right. All right. All right. Nice. So there's Robbie's see, still in the lead right now. There is a lot of Nintendo. Oh, the, it's mm, essentially yeah. a list for Nintendo. <laughs> but if there's anything you want to guess non-Nintendo, I, I, I that's going to be the easiest. I, 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 listen, I'm not going to throw a guess out there like the N-Gage, okay? <laughs> uh, I'll give you a gimme. It's the one that you loved because of all the RPGs that you played on. Oh, I know three of them. The uh, PS Vita. The well, I I don't have that one. The PSP though <laughs> did make the list. <laughs> that was going to be my next one, but thanks for taking it. All Sorry. Right, I'm going to go with then. I'm going to go with the Game Gear. Ooh, the Game yeah. Gear. That one is hiding in this list all the way down oh. at lucky number twenty two. Oh boy! <laughs> oh no! All right, all right. I'm going to go. I'm going to go with innovation. Instead of widespread appeal, I'm gonna go with the Sega Nomad. Okay, wow. number twenty three into the <laughs> yes! list though. The Sega Nomad. <laughs> let's see. Do you want to? Let's try to go for number one. Just give me your number one guess here. Game Boy right. Color. No. All right. Uh, my favorite handheld of all time, the Game Boy SP, the one that f- folds in half. Good guess. No. Oh. Norris. It, the, it was a Game Boy Advance XP. I think it was. Still the, no. The two DS. I'm sorry, no. The number one, according to this list, the DS Lite. 
and why it's almost impossible to believe that it's the exact same designers who turned out the ugly Nintendo DS came back with the elegant DS Lite released in 2006. That is pretty impressive because I always forget about the first generation of 3DSs and how horrible they look. Terrible. Really awful. But you're right. The 3DS Lite was... I'm sorry. The Just DS Lite uh, was a really slick looking uh, machine and I knew more people that owned that, including my mom and my grandma. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Then any other handheld parents. system than I can. I yeah, can I knew people's parents who had DSs as well. Who's looking, a- hold on, looking back at this this whole list, I don't see other than the Switch. There's no real releases from the past. I don't know, ten years or so that have like made a difference on here. Well, the I mean, the PSP. I think you could kind of argue. You know, that's that was within the last 10 years. And that really that was the only handheld that gave Nintendo any run for their money at any point. Yeah. Until you could bootleg it like to no end. You're not wrong. You didn't need to buy games. I understand that. I understand that. And to be fair, once you got to a certain point, Nintendo was the only one releasing handhelds anyway. But listen, I need to know, is Genesis on this list? Is the Nintendo Game & Watch or maybe even the Tiger Electronic handhelds are those on this list at all? The Neo Geo Pocket Color, the Genesis Nomad, oh, is the, the Lynx Turbo on there. Express. Oh, is the, the Lynx, Lynx on there. The, the Lynx, Lynx is number 25. Wow. Oh, yes. It should absolutely not be on there. <laughs> absolutely not. That is unacceptable. It had I, to be. What? Why? Some things should show us what not to do. <laughs> a monument well, to failure. It absolutely showed us that. The stupid square corners. The upside down oh. buttons. Yeah, oh man. All right. Well, listen, handhelds, they may not be dead, but we want to know what your favorite handheld of all time is. Connect with us on social media. That's Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter and Checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram. And when you do, make sure you use the hashtag XP on air. But uh, next, we've got our gaming predictions for 2020. What is going to happen in the gaming industry in 2020? Stick around that discussion is at next on Checkpoint XP. Checkpoint XP, esports and gaming radio. This is Checkpoint XP, esports and gaming radio. Checkpointxp.com. Sony is skipping out on E3 again. Why even bother going? Welcome back to Checkpoint XP, your home for esports and gaming. I want to thank everyone listening on CBS Sports Radio 1300 in Baltimore, as well as WCBT 1230 in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina. For all the latest in collegiate esports, make sure you check out Checkpoint XP on campus. Our own Norris Howard hosts alongside Jacob Brothers and Daniel Egbuya from the University of Las Vegas. They bring you all the latest stories in collegiate esports from the perspective of the students who live and breathe it. Check it out over at our website, CheckpointXP.com, or look for Checkpoint XP on campus wherever you get your podcasts. And re- returning for fresh episodes, too. That's right. That's right. Make sure you subscribe. Sony is mm-hmm. uh, is they just randomly decided again to skip E3. This was after they had said last year that yes they would be skipping it, but that they would return this year. Yeah, we figured at the you know end of a console cycle they have nothing to talk about, but right. PS5 they're certainly going to want to come back for. It yeah. was it was a big deal last year when they announced that we knew that the PS5 was sort of in the background. We knew that that announcement was coming. We just figured that there was not 
much to tide over an E3 audience mm-hmm. for that year until they got to the PS5. And then, you know, the news broke where a Sony spokesperson sent a statement out to gamesindustry.biz and they said after thorough evaluation, Sony Interactive Entertainment has decided not to participate in E3 2020. We have a great respect for the ESA. That's who puts on E3 yes. uh, as an organization, but we do not feel the vision of E3 2020 is the right venue for what we are focused on this year. I think that's the key phrase there. We th- we do not feel the vision of E3 2020. Because you want to know what I noticed, guys? You want to know what the big change has been in E3 since Sony stopped going? What? Open to the public. Open to the public. Mm. They opened to the public in 2017. Sony was obviously there. They're again in 2018, and now 19 and 2020. Suddenly, as 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 this focus on the public and influencers and more sure. of this con culture yeah. begins to be the focus. Suddenly, Sony don't want to be there no more. That's, and a, that's a really interesting takeaway, Robbie, uh, because you know what? I, I think that you're right, that there are so many other venues to be able to do a, you know, like a, a, a convention where you're meeting with the public. A controlled a, a environment. B, yes, exactly. a, a B2P, right? It used to be B2B. It used to be business to business. You had other media organizations. You had other businesses coming in for this conference, and it was more internal to the actual video game industry itself. I think now that E3 is open to the public, what sets it apart from the various different PAXs that exist out there. I mean, I think it, it is still different from the sense of it is the legacy event. It is essentially the CES of video games. And on top of that, it's still, you know, E3 week is still the window for which, you know, the vast majority of uh, gaming press is, sure. is, is, is waiting in the wings for that week. So I think it still has importance and I think it still has cachet from from that point, it is still How? the king of the hill because as big as PAX is may be getting, they do not have the heavy hitters. You know, when, when I was out at, out at PAX uh, East last year, mm-hmm. I think the biggest hitter I saw there was BioMutant from THQ Nordic. But that's that's a choice of these large companies, sure. right? Like sure. if Sony is opting out of E3 and instead op- instead opts into PAX East for this year. Boy, that kind of changes the optics of PAX East, doesn't yeah, it? But, it's, but they're not, they're not going to do that because, first of all, the major thing here is being able to control their own narrative and also probably get money off their own ticket sales if they're going to have a live event. If you're going to have a live event where you're opening it to the public with ticket sales, I think you do look at it and say, hey, well, look at all this money that they're making essentially off of our product, and we're not getting a cut of that. As a matter of fact, we're paying them to go and be at their event. So why don't we just have our own thing where we can at least make the money or recoup some of the money of sending all these people and stuff out so I get it from a business standpoint. Sure. I understand why they're not attending. Uh, that's a remarkably good point, Norris. You're listening to Checkpoint XP, your home for esports and gaming. And we're talking right now about E3. Sony deciding to skip out on E3 again. But uh, actually, speaking of packs, we just talked about a whole bunch of different packs. Robbie, you're actually out at PAX South as people are hearing this episode right now. You're out there hanging out with the Houston Outlaws. You're going to be coming back next week mm-hmm. and uh, bringing back a whole lot of interesting audio with you and uh, make sure that you you know you tune in next week and hear all of those interesting discussions 
questions. We can't wait to hear what you're going to bring back with you. But I want to put this question out there. Does E3 actually even matter if, like you said, it's got the heavy hitters, but if the heavy hitters start stop showing up, is it still even worth putting on? Sony's gone. Nintendo's got one foot out the door. They already do all of their reveals through their digital treehouse events. What is the point of E3 anymore? I mean, for me, of course, it's still relevant because I don't necessarily believe that Nintendo has one foot out the door. Or I that think Sony themselves is that much of the market. Well, I'm, no, for, yes, Sony it is. is that much of the market. Yes, it is. Did we go to E3 last year? Yes, yeah. we did. Was it a mistake? No. But Sony wasn't there. No, but you can't say that it wasn't a loss that Sony is not there. It was but a it's massive, not a crippling loss. loss that is suddenly going to kill off E3 over the next few years. No, I, I'll, I'll give you that. I don't think it kills E3, but I do think it is a massive, massive loss. But is it enough of a loss to make some of those other larger companies peel off and reassess whether or not E3 actually gets the job done in terms of promoting their new, Absolutely their not. new games? No, what Absolutely they should be not. looking to do is try and scoop up the pieces of the pie that Sony's left behind. Exactly. Absolutely not. There's no way. If I'm Nintendo, I'm looking at I have now even more room and more freedom to do creative things with my show space. I do my Nintendo Treehouse the day before the show floor opens. I tell people, hey, if you're at E3, you could go and get your hands on it. You'll be the first people in the world to play this game. And that has value. Hold up. And Robbie, that presupposes that, you know, Sony not being there that that there is an ability to take to be able to take up that space. That if you think that Sony is seeding their attention economy around E3, you're absolutely dead wrong. When do you think the PS5 announcement is going to happen? It's going to sure. happen around E3 as long as E3 continues to be relevant. But how many of the companies there have the ability to do what Sony's doing, step away from E3 and put on their own show? All of Microsoft them. Microsoft and Nintendo? All, every, all of them. All of them. Level. Every single developer that has the ability to push out a stream has the ability to promote their own product. Yeah. And as soon as the cultural relevance around E3 disintegrates, and believe me, it's only hanging on by a thread. You had the big three that propped that show up for longer than it deserved. And now that Sony's gone and Nintendo's half gone, that's really one and a half pillars to be able to make your I'm foundation. I'm going to tell you who could benefit from taking up that space and making a big splash. If they come out with a killer app or a few killer exclusives, you see what Google is doing when 5G becomes widespread. If they take up that space, because from what I saw at CES, Google had some of the best activations on the floor. As a matter of fact, it was so big, it wasn't even in the building. It was outside. So Google got the money and the resources to be able to do it. And if they want to take up a space at E3, I definitely think that's a person that could take up that void. That's possible, but the Stadia launch says otherwise. The evidence in the space says otherwise. But listen, we want to hear from you on this. Do you think that E3 is culturally relevant to video games anymore? Connect with us on social media. That's Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter and Checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram. And when you do, make sure you use the hashtag XP on air. Coming up next on Checkpoint XP, we're going to check in with our social media followers and find out if your life were a video game, what genre it would be. Stick around. That's ahead next on Checkpoint XP. Hey, this is Joe with the Checkpoint XP Save the Date calendar, letting you know about all the latest esports competitions to look forward to in the coming weeks. The major esports leagues are on break right now, but they'll be back later this month. Call of Duty League is set to debut on January 24th, while Overwatch League returns on February the 8th. 
The 2020 spring split for the LCS, meanwhile, is scheduled to kick off on January 25th. As we get into the new year, Dota 2 will welcome us back off the holiday break with Dream League Season 13 running from January 18th through the 26th. February 1st will mark the kickoff of the Rocket League Championship Series. Teams will be competing weekly until the regional championships at the end of March. February will play host to DreamHack Anaheim, which will bring us back to the world of Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. That tournament will be running from February 21st through the 23rd. Speaking of that, the same weekend will also play host to Frostbite 2020, welcoming Super Smash Brothers players from all over the country to Detroit, Michigan. That's it for the Checkpoint XP Save the Date calendar. And remember, for all the latest in the world of esports, check out our website. That's over at CheckpointXP.com. This is Checkpoint XP. Esports and gaming radio. CheckpointXP.com. It's Checkpoint XP's social media question. Welcome back. I want to thank everyone listening on Jack Sports Radio 1010XL in Jacksonville and ESPN Radio 99.3 in Fort Myers, Florida. Make sure you visit our website over at CheckpointXP.com, whether it's our podcasts, our thoughts on the latest stories in gaming and esports, or some Checkpoint XP merch. It all lives over at our website, CheckpointXP.com. You can also follow us on social media. That's Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter, and Checkpoint underscore XP on on Instagram so that you can respond to our weekly social media question. This week we ask you guys if you were if your life, excuse me, if your life were a video game, what genre would it be? An interesting question, one that I didn't have to think about very hard. Really? Yeah, because uh, listen, I think that it would probably be my favorite genre of game which would be an MMO. That's sort of like a life simulator, okay. right? Right? But your life is just way more epic. I get to go slay dragons instead of going to work. I still have to eat. Uh, See, I, I I think you're on the right track, but instead of going and slaying dragons, I don't think your life would turn into the fantasy MMO. You're, you're a big fan of, uh, what's that game, the Stanley per, uh, uh, Parable? Per- Stanley Parable, yes. yeah. Imagine if that was an MMO. That's your game. <laughs> the Stanley Parable. <laughs> I don't like that. That sounds really accurate. I don't, yeah. I, don't, I thought you were going to say something like Alan Wake or something like that. Like an Alan Wake style mystery, you know. I knew he wasn't going to throw the stealth game at us because I've seen him try to sneak around. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no, no. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. Definitely for me, I thought about this pretty hard and I know exactly what it is. My life is basically a JRPG persona style where I manage all my relationships and somehow in my massive egotistical mind I am a superhero that can save all of society with my voice okay that is my life I think there's significantly less dating sim in your version of uh, of persona that's only if in the you past think this is huge then you should see my ego that's only in the past <laughs> listen you weren't where you weren't around me in my single days man I was out here okay it is very much so a dating sim see I, I, I actually went a similar route but, but with less of the ego in there. I think I would also be an RPG, but it would be more of like the, the, the slice of life type thing with an absurdist element. Like the tutorial is you coming out of your house late for work and you got to fight the mailman because he <laughs> keeps putting the neighbor's mail in your box. You have to go and like talk to her and be like, I got your mail and deal with all of her kids like running around in the background. So Death Stranding. So Death Stranding. <laughs> yeah. And a weird crossover with Paperboy. <laughs> yeah, okay, sure. Uh, Rick, what about you? If your life were a video game, what genre would it be? 
Uh, it'd probably be one of those early 90s PC point and clicks where you don't really have instructions and you don't know what's going on, but you just kind of oh, make the, your the, way through it. The yep. ones the ones where you can just like click like something and you're like, oh, I found a handful of berries. Yes. I don't know what I'm going to do with these, but I'm going to keep it in my pocket. Just a constant state of confusion. Your life is that dry? Uh, not yeah, yeah, but like <laughs> I, I think more than anything, just not really knowing what's happening. And it's just like... <laughs> with a random assortment of I- uh, items found in his pocket yeah, see, at all it, times. It's, it, it's, it's less... Uh, there's not a whole lot of direction. You know Rick's always running around here like <laughs> a chicken with his head cut off trying to do everything at once. That's that's really what's very getting true, to the heart very of it. Very true. Uh, you're listening to Checkpoint XP, your home for esports and gaming. We're currently going over our social media question. This week we ask you, if your life were a video game, what genre would it be? Let's check out some of the responses that we had coming in over social media. Alright, we're going to start with Andrew over on Facebook who says uh, RTS, that's Real Turn Strategy, says no matter what I do, I may only affect those near me while the world keeps running and gunning with or without my actions. That's an interesting interpretation of what your life as a video game is. (laughs) It seems very got complexy. A little bit. A little bit. Some of these get a little weird. Uh, Brandon also on Facebook said it would be a Telltale game and the person playing is making terrible choices. (laughs) Okay. Robbie will remember that. Yeah. Right. Everybody hated that. Uh, You know... Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I worry about some of the responses that we would get to this question. Like, I can only imagine the the person who responds, my life is a first-person shooter. Like, I don't want to meet, I don't want to meet that person for sure. I, I, look, I know the type of responses you're talking about. This is actually a friend of mine that I went to college with I'm a little worried about now. Uh, Jeremy says, The Sims, but with no expansion packs and the most unimaginative player in existence. I thought he had a bright future ahead of him, but apparently not. So That's depressing. Essentially, what he says is his life is just a gray box where he just walks <laughs> around and maintains his base elements. Like, that's weird. Yeah, that is definitely weird. Here's another sad one. Michael says, I live and breathe FedEx, so I guess Death Stranding would be my life. Yeah. Just more boring. Yeah, that sounds about right. I mean... I mean, do you want to add weird, like, ink, invisible ink monsters to your daily life? Yeah, I don't know you if you want to add pee and blood grenades to your repertoire of everyday life. Can I That's just say, fair. I saw a headline the other day that apparently one of the statistics that, like, they popped out of that game is that... A, a very high, abnormally high amount of people pee outside of Conan's location in that game. I, yeah, did, I did see that. I did see that headline. I don't know why. That's weird. Nobody can explain <laughs> it. It is very weird. Uh, T Money over on Twitter says survival horror simply because I'm just trying to get through each day. The horror comes from the drivers in my city. If I could just get a week without nearly getting run over, it would be nice. Well, m- maybe, maybe. More like crazy, crazy taxi. taxi. Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking. Here's, here's two different takes on the same game. All right. Terry says Majora's Mask. Delay the inevitable apocalypse. Which is kind of depressing. That's really that's, it's, it's a little depressing, mm-hmm. but what makes you think you have that power? <laughs> I mean, maybe he's just like trying to fight global warming. He's just like, nah, man, like we're going to save the planet here and I can reset time. No mm-hmm. more styrofoam. <laughs> uh, Andrew also says Majora's Mask, but says finding the light and peace through the depressing stages while coming out on top. Wow, that's actually surprisingly deep, mm-hmm. uh, I got to say. And I mean, listen, Majora's Mask is definitely a deep and emotional game, but, I, you know, I don't know, man. That 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 seems like someone's reading a little bit more into it. I got to read this one because it's so ridiculous. Craig over on uh, Facebook said, 
a failed small team production that never left beta. <laughs> oh no! Wow, wow. I worry about some of our listeners. I know. This is. Are you okay, Craig? Do you need a hug? Straight up. Like bro. what's what's wrong? Who hurt you? You, you know what, Nate? You might actually uh, get some out of this one. Adam says, "Real life DJ hero, vastly different from the game. Instead of scratching, you just take requests, give away tickets, and stare at Reddit for eight hours for quote unquote show prep." That sounds about right. That's your average. Uh, your uh, average on air shift. Yeah, yeah. 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 That, that sounds awfully familiar. I need you guys to help me digest this one. Uh, okay. Greg just responded Grand Theft Auto 4 with a gif that was Nico kicking a soda out of someone's hand on the street. See, this is this makes me worry about people. <laughs> no one should be saying Doom. No one should be saying <laughs> Grand Theft Auto. Nobody nobody in their right mind should be saying Duke Nukem. Mm. Okay? This makes me worry about our audience. I'm, fundamentally. I mean, the majority of them, I think, are just taking it like way too literal. Uh, Trash Panda TV says, I feel like life is more of an idle game. You turning inputs into things, into profits and products to get you further ahead of the game. Just make sure you're checking in regularly to see if you stop. have a high score. Oh, oh my that's God. Carol, stop with the smart dumb takes. Okay? Yeah, seriously. He, seriously, he has stop. that labeled as hashtag hot take. That's not a hot take. It's not at all a hot take. A lukewarm take. Yeah, right. All right. Uh, I'm going to have to get after one of our, our regular listeners here, Alex. Uh, he just says Neocab. Because he drives for Lyft and Uber. Oh well, but that makes sense, though. But th- there's no, there's no imagination there. I agree, it's a little unimaginative, but it's at least accurate. Uh, He's you, not saying I, Grand yeah, Theft Auto. No, Neo no Cab. none of our listeners are out there living Grand Theft Auto. I'm sorry. All right, that's fair. One more. Uh, Sarah over on Facebook says simulation as I plan out so many different scenarios in my head. Yeah, that sounds about right. Walking through scenarios, it can be like a RPG dialogue scene. Sometimes. The life you'll never have. Yeah, we're going to have to leave it right there, but make sure you follow us over on social media so that you can make your voice heard for next week and every week's social media question. It's Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter and Checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram. And make sure you use the hashtag XP on air. Thanks for joining us for Checkpoint XP. For more info on the show, links to articles and the Checkpoint XP podcast, then head on over to CheckpointXP.com. Make note of when you're catching us on your local radio station like WXSM Tri-Cities, Tennessee, as well as ESPN Phoenix 620 and remember to come back next week for more video game news and discussion. Checkpoint XP is a production of Beasley Esports XP. I want to thank my crew. Lead segment producing by Norris Howard. Producing and booking help from Chad Callahan. Help from the fourth dimension courtesy of Weird Beard. And of course my co-hosts Robbie Landis and Norris Howard. My name's Nate Bender. Keep listening.